Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Shedcast. It's Monday, the 24th of August. And last night, we had a chance to see My Left Nut by Oshin Kearney and Michael Patrick. Brilliant, brilliant show. Uh, no wonder it's done so well. Um, so I had a great chat to them yesterday before the show, um, which is weird because I hadn't seen the show and uh, I, I did watch it last night and thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm sure you did too. But it's cool to chat to them and, and get a, a sense of how they did it um, and also the journey that the show's been on. I mean, you know, it's been all over. It's been adapted now uh, as a TV series. Um it's just been an amazing success for them and it was cool to hear about how they work together, how they write, their relationship and also how where the show came from um, and then to watch it and, and get a sense of that. I mean, I loved the way, one of my favourite things about it was the way he played his mum and it's one of the things that I like about theatre is that he, I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't a caricature and yet it was funny but also it was completely heartfelt Um and there were moments where I was kind of welling up watching him be his mum because I really, I, I really believed it. He's got the big beard, he's a big tall lad, and he's playing. He's just sitting there saying the words of his mum, and he just changes his face and his voice slightly, and you're right there with him, um, or with her, you know. And you get a sense of how she felt when when his dad died. You get a sense of how she tried to cope with it, the way she acts, the way she sort of tries to cover up her emotions. She doesn't want anyone to get hurt, you know. It, beautiful stuff so he dips in and out of all the different characters really physical show really funny um quite unique you know because it's it is about it is a sort of coming of age thing but it's got this very unique twist on it if twist isn't too much of a um pun word to use uh so yeah a brilliant a brilliant show and such a wonderful opportunity to chat to the boys over over the internet so i should let you know that we couldn't be in the same room together um because their show was coming from Ireland. So what I've done is I've talked to them online and for that reason, um, I hope that you don't, you're not bothered, but there may be a couple of little fluctuations in sound, not the high quality perhaps you're used to. Uh, I've done my best, um, but it's not my favourite thing. You know, I'd like to be sitting across from them the last week, being at the Trav and just sitting across from people and talking to them has been such a joy. But anyway, it was great to talk to them regardless and I hope you enjoy listening to them. So we're into the second Full week, the second full week of Shedinburgh, which means that uh, we start tomorrow at the Soho Theatre from a shed inside the Soho Theatre, and the lineup is just fantastic. But before that, we go abroad once again over over the seas. This time we go to the US, we go to New York, and we see Immigrant Jam by Lucy Paul, and she's lined up a whole host of comedians for her show, Immigrant Jam. It's very exciting. Lucy Paul's tremendous. I saw her at the Fringe, uh, I think it was last year or the year before, it doesn't matter, um, do a solo show. And she's a great stand-up, a great stand-up with an amazing life experience and a really interesting story as well. She's pretty famous for uh, her voice work. She's in uh, Overwatch, plays Mercy in Overwatch, and apparently that is uh, quite the big deal. Um, So her stand-up often talks about her experience of being at, you know, Comic Con and that type of thing, where um, you meet the, these very particular people who are who are real fans of the game, and it's a big part of their life. You can imagine someone's really into something, um, but she's also got this other life as a, as a comic. Um, so it's interesting seeing those two clash, and let's hope that we get some of that tonight. I don't know what's what's in store. I know it's a, a comedy night, um, and as far as I know, she's sort of picked the lineup, she's curated it, but. 
I'm not sure. So we're going to talk to her. Um, I'm going to talk to her later on and I'll bring you that chat tomorrow after you've seen the show tonight. So remember, the show tonight is at 7.30 UK time, which we have here uh, 11.38 AM PST. It's 2.30 Eastern and in Australia it's 4 AM. That's just for anyone who wants to tune in from overseas. This is an international uh, date that we've got here. Um so yeah, that's very exciting. Looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to talking to Lucy. I've met her once very briefly. Whether or not she remembers that, I don't know. But it'll be great to chat to her. Um, yes, and then we're into the Soho programming. So if you want to find out what's on, you just go to shedinburgh.com. It's all there for you. We've still got another couple of weeks of great shows. Mostly 7.30 each night. Sometimes 7.30 plus another bonus show. Uh, so a great, great lineup, And you can see all on, on the website shedinburgh.com. Uh, the tickets are only £4. That's the starting price for a ticket. You can pay as much as you want and we do encourage you to pay what you can afford. But £4 is a pretty decent starting price and all the money goes into the Shed Load of Future Fund to get young artists to the fringe. Young artists who might otherwise not be able to get to the fringe um, because it's cost prohibitive. So um, you're supporting the fringe when it comes back um, in a really meaningful way where where it counts at the, the very grassroots level of the artists that make the shows. And I've got to say, all too often, those are the people who lose out. Um, I, I'm sure big business does okay. I'm sure um, big venues do okay. But I worry that the people that really lose out are the people that are making the work. And that's very concerning. So think about that um, and consider giving what you can to shedinburgh.com and book as many shows as you like. I mean, there's, there's such a, a variety of stuff. So it's, it's very exciting. Anyway, we'll look forward to tonight with Lucy Paul, but before that, I'm going to bring you my interview with the boys from my left nut, Michael Patrick and Oshin Kearney. And they're here with me, and we are putting it together. Uh, I'm not a performer. Michael is the dancing monkey. (laughs) Oshin is simply the organ grinder. No, I see. So you're the boss man, Oshin. I wouldn't say that. I'm a very collaborative director. <laughs> yeah, so we wrote the show together, so it's co-authored, and then Oshin is the director, and I'm the performer. That's how it works. I see. Okay. And what's kind of the journey of the show up till now? Where, where has it been seen and stuff? Well, we essentially, the, it, the show came about uh, as part of Show in a Bag, um, which was organised by the Dublin Fringe Festival, uh, along with the Irish Theatre Institute and Fishamble a great company in Dublin and uh, basically Michael sort of came came up to me and we we had a few drinks we sort of talked about what kind of show we'd want to do and this was designed for actors to put on their own show that could be tourable and uh, yeah he started telling me about the story of his uh, giant ball and we were both (laughs) laughing or (laughs) laughing so much that we you know we decided you know this is the show to make so uh, we put it on in Dublin Fringe, and from there um, we toured Ireland with it, and then brought it to Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I think it was two years ago, isn't that right, yeah, Michael? Yeah, twenty eighteen. We came to Summerhall, and we were due to be back at Summerhall this year, obviously because uh, of COVID, we're not there. So we're very happy to be involved in Shedderborough instead. That's great. So you've you've filmed the show in a in a shed or a garage somewhere. Where is that? That is my mother's shed in Belfast. Uh, actually there's a there's a line in the play which references the shed it's a single line it's a very throwaway line but the uh the line in the play is actually the shed where we filmed it so that's a nice little uh oh that's nice nice. yeah that's cool uh you know what the other the the funny thing i've noticed about this shed thing is is 
we actually are making big assumptions about like we don't all have sheds in fact it might even be a kind of a an aspiration for some of us to have a garden <laughs> big enough to, to have a shed depending on what stage you're at in life so you're back at your mum's yeah it's my mum's shed and uh, it's a beast of a thing to be fair and there was no room in it about we were asked to do this and i says yeah yeah i can do it my mum's shed and i went round to my mum's opened the door and you could barely get in so i had to order a skip i had to get a skip round had to throw out half the stuff in the shed reorganize half the other stuff so it was a real undertaking to get enough space for us to fit inside the shed through the show i bet your mum's delighted you cleared it all out for her oh she is thrilled she's been trying to get me to do it for years <laughs> so Oshin, have you have you a performing background have you always directed um well i suppose i was uh, i would have performed a bit when i was a you know a young child and then went to university and sort of got the bug for directing instead um i think i just couldn't be bothered learning lines is probably <laughs> the, the truth uh, but then you know i met michael at university and then we started working together as myself as director and him as actor um, and that's that's been a really great uh, relationship and it was only through that that we started to write together as well mm. um, so yeah that, that's been a great journey so you've worked together on other projects before yeah so before we wrote my left nuts we sort of formed a wee theater company in belfast pan Aaron's theater and we use sort of exist existing scripts uh, one of them was Tim Crouch's Ibanco. I believe Tim has a piece in Shedinburgh as well coming up, oh, yeah. which is yep. good. Um, but My Left Nut was the first thing we wrote together. And then since then, we've wrote another play, uh, The Alternative, and we wrote the TV adaptation of My Left Nut together as well, which is good. Right. Has, has it been on TV? Yeah, it's been adapted for a three-part series for BBC Three, which was very exciting. You can actually oh, wow. watch it on iPlayer still, so hopefully people will see the show, the stage show, and then... Uh, might have an appetite to to check out how we developed it for TV. Probably the oh, that's opposite way. Yeah. Is it the same uh, title? Same title. Yeah, still called My Left Nut. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not enough because apparently, uh, although I can play a 15 year old version of myself on stage at uh, 30 <laughs> years old, I'm not uh, credible on screen as a 15 year old anymore. There is a yeah. cameo though. You're in it as a cameo. Which yes. Is good. So are you? Though to be fair, we both have a little cameo in the series. Oh, you both made it in, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and did you did you co-write the actual screenplay then? We did, yes. Yeah. So we both wrote that together, which was our first ever time writing something for television, which was completely different. But uh, yeah, we learned a lot and we're very proud of the show as well. That's great. And how much for you, Michael, is it? I mean, you're digging up your, your childhood, aren't you? Mm. So is it is it in any way traumatic or is it therapeutic or is it any of that stuff? It, yeah, it is. Because um, a lot of the show is about the death of my father. And mm. well, the show's about me getting a swelling in my testicle and not telling anyone. And the reason I don't tell my mum is because I'm embarrassed to talk to my mum about it and my dad had died previously. So there's a lot of stuff about family and growing up and the death of my father specifically, which is quite difficult, but mm -hmm. in a good way. You know, there'd be times we performed it on in Edinburgh or in Dublin or wherever and I'd come off stage nearly in tears, but in like quite a nice way. You know, it's been a really therapeutic yeah. thing in a way and all my family talk about how it actually... You know, we didn't really talk with my dad that much. I mean, not that we were hiding from it or anything, but just he'd fallen out of our lives a bit more than we would have wanted him to. And mm -hmm. doing this play on the TV show has made us talk about him a lot more again, which is which is lovely. Yeah. And Oshin, do you feel that your, I mean, your personal relationship with Michael has kind of developed in a way, an unexpected way because of the nature of this work? Yeah, of course. Um, I think... 
we probably very naively went into the project when we first started writing it thinking, oh, this will be fun. This is it's a comedy about testicles. Um, <laughs> what a laugh. Uh, what a laugh this will be. And, you know, it really was, that was the way we went into it, being like, we're going to make a comedy. People are going to laugh. It's going to be, you know, a bit risque and all that. But I think through the actual writing of it and, and certainly when, when Michael was starting to write down thoughts and we were starting at the early stages of the scripting process, we really started to see that, oh God, this is, it's going to be something else. It's, there's going to be a lot of uh, heartfelt stuff in here and there's going to be a lot mm. of truth and honesty. Um, and that was, you know, scary for the both of us. And um, I, I'm just really glad that uh, Michael trusted me to, to you know, to work with him to to produce something that would be both entertaining but also have a really strong message mm -hmm. and what's been the i mean you're having to do a completely different version of it for the shed i suppose how, how different is it well it was it's good in a way because you know we were hoping to bring it back to the festival and uh, we we think that uh, it's a great show we really love putting it on so when we were given the limitation of it has to be in a shed mm. uh I think we both, I think we both really enjoyed it, and um, I got uh, a really talented uh, camera operator and cinematographer, Pete Graham, who I've worked with before, and mm -hmm. we sort of put our heads together and uh, decided that we wanted to do a very special version of it um, in the shed with with Michael surrounded by memorabilia from his father and from his family, and uh, we suddenly saw that there were opportunities for comedy that you know when you're performing for an audience. Um, you know, you've got the whole audience there and you're performing to all of them. But when it's just one camera, it's, yep. you're performing to the camera. So uh, we essentially tried to figure out how to how to milk that. And uh, Michael, I think, did a brilliant job. Uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun sort of with me going right up to the camera and jumping off screen and back on screen. And it's a very unique version of it because we do have a film version that we filmed in a theater and it's grand. Yep. It shows off what the show is. But this is a very unique version of it and we're, we're very happy with it, very proud of it. That's brilliant. I mean, I was going to suggest that because it came out of, I think you said something called show in a bag. Yeah. That perhaps it would be easy to, you know, to do it anywhere. But in a sense, what you've done is taken the shed idea, the fact that you're near home and capitalised on it, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, that was what the loveliest thing about it was, was, you know, there actually used to be a scene in the play where I explored my mother's shed. That used to be a full scene. It's it's cut now. It was cut after the first draft. But mm -hmm. but using that idea of this is me surrounded by the things of my childhood and uh, old things that my dad used to own. And that's what the show was about. The show was about my childhood and my dad. And it, it's lovely to be able to perform it in the place where it is set, you know. Yeah, but I amazing. think that's a, that's a great thing about the show that we found as well. The, the show in a bag concept allows you to take something very small and very personal and put it on a small stage. I think the first stage we did it on was 10 feet by 6 feet. Uh, it can be in a shed as well. But we also played it on, you know, the biggest stages in Ireland. And, uh, you know, so it's it can expand or contract uh, mm. depending on what is needed or, or who the audience is. Yeah. And do you feel that the show changes i mean in its in its essence or do bits of the show change when you're doing it for different sizes of audiences i mean different parts of the show change depending on your audience even in the same size you know you know every audience brings something new to their performance yeah. obviously but it's yeah the bigger the stage the more i have to work and the more i have to run around and the more i have to try and fill the stage so the more exhausted yeah, i am yeah. by the end of it that's the, that's the main difference that's it. Yeah, just probably and the the amount of sweat at the end of the of the play is different. It's all just measurable in, in the amount of sweat. 
Oshin, what was your kind of role this time round, given you know that it was kind of for camera? How did you fit yourself into that? Um, well, very much just trying to find the best way of uh, you know showing the play and 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 Michael's performance uh, off in the best way. I find a lot of the time, unfortunately, that filmed theatre, uh, you know, can be quite difficult to watch, and mm. um, because obviously it's about the live experience. Um, so it's just finding a way to, to capitalize on it, but also to keep it live. Um, you know, there's a very fine line between uh, starting to uh, basically have shots, uh, you know, designed in a way or, you know, to turn it into a filmic experience. I don't think yeah. this is what this is. This is more about a live performance uh, filmed live in a way that uh, is engaging. So it was... It was just trying to make that work and also, you know, trying to be there to support Michael to know that, you know, there's a camera right in front of you. So maybe this what what would have been a really big moment on stage is actually much, much smaller and more intimate. So just really trying to assist in that way. Being that outside eye, I suppose, as, as you always are. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And Michael, what what does your mum make of it? It must be quite a thing for her to watch it. It is. Yeah, both the original uh, play, which this is, and me performing her, because a lot of sort of the second biggest character in the show, other than me, is is my mother, the mother character. Mm. She's a very big part of the show. And a lot of this text in it is verbatim. I interviewed my mum about my dad and about my testicle. Wow. And a lot of that's verbatim in the piece. And when we first wrote this, the script, we were away on a writer's retreat, and I read the writer's I read the script at the retreat to people and they were all oh your mum's gonna love it your mum's gonna love it your mum's gonna love it it's a thank you letter to your mum she's gonna love it i mm-hmm. read it to my mum and she didn't speak to me for a week because, <gasps> really yeah i mean <laughs> she was just so it's so personal you know and but it's also quite blue because it is a story of a young boy and his testicles so there's some sort of uh, sure, yeah. trauma so i thought she was mad at me for putting our personal life on stage but she was mad at me because she thought that I was just going to make a dirty play about masturbation essentially and I was like no mum it's not about that it's about love and death and grief and uh, but eventually she has come around and she sees it for what it is and she loves it and she's seen it I think she's seen the stage play about you know 30 odd times now and she's very proud and uh, it was a weird experience watch her watching the TV version with uh brilliant actress Sinead Keenan who plays her but mm-hmm. uh, odd experience but she met went up with Sinead and they had a really long chat about everything and everything and uh, yeah she's just very proud I think wow so she spoke to the actor who played her b- before she portrayed it yeah they had a long um, sort of discussion about everything oh, beforehand, that's great. which is lovely and coincidentally they look very very similar even though that wasn't anything to do with the casting brief it was just a coincidence they, re- they do that's amazing yeah <laughs> so are you have you fellas been working together on other stuff during the lockdown we have yeah we i suppose whenever lockdown hit it was the whole industry kind of uh almost stopped and i think we we were very lucky that uh michael as an actor and myself as a director that we we have the writing and that we mm-hmm. we kind of can turn to that and uh we were very lucky um at the start of the year to get a commission uh with the company prime cut productions um so we have had things to work on um and we've just been trying to get the head down and you know see what we can come up with 
Yeah, we have a commission to write a play to look at 100 years of the Irish border. So the last little while we've been travelling to all these small towns around the border and interviewing people and visiting the border and photographing the border and talking to people. Um, So that's kind of what we're working on next. That's a huge undertaking, isn't it? Yeah, it's massive because it's 100 (laughs) years, but it's also, you know, two different communities, four different communities, all the people, all the history or everything it's just such a big undertaking so it's actually been quite good to have the time in lockdown to properly sit down and think about it yeah so do, how does your writing relationship work is it is it very 50 50 do you write bits and go away and come back and put your heads together how does that go it's kind of um whatever really works i suppose um you know we we are always constantly thinking and we'll you know we'll the good thing about lockdown has been we can put Zoom on for five or six hours a day right, okay. and, you know, just leave it running and then we can sort of have chats and then when we get sick of looking at each other, we go, right, I'm going to go and win, do some writing now. Um, and it's just a collaborative experience that way that we write and we offer drafts and then we redraft and we chat things through like that. Um, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's kind of whatever works and I think we've been, it's been quite good the fact that we have kind of always been in different places so we're very used to writing online uh, right that not being in the same room is not actually a big deal for us so you've gone zoomed aft just like the rest of us then yes it's your head gets <laughs> fried i think on zoom quicker than it would otherwise like someone said to me something about zoom fatigue and i was like i think that's a thing i think it definitely oh, is definitely uh, yeah sure you have to smile at people all the time and like that's that's not no one <laughs> wants you to smile all the time like no i mean even if you were on the phone all day you wouldn't be doing that yeah but <laughs> even if you in real life if you're in a meeting room like you can look outside you can look out of the window you can distract yourself if you did that in the yeah. zoom meeting people would think you're mad like so you have to be well, on you can you can tab away can't you that's the other thing i've discovered mm. The camera's still on and you can be away looking at other things. <laughs> I'm reading, I'm getting other stuff sorted, I'm editing, you know. No one knows oh. what I'm up to. Well, they know now. <laughs> That's a great tip. That'll be me next time me and Ashin are supposed to be writing. <laughs> so what do you think? It, it, does my left not have a, have a life after this? Is it still going? Yeah, I mean, what we tried to do was to use the TV show as a springboard to bring the theatre production back because Mm -hmm. we did a full Irish tour before and we came to the Edinburgh Fringe but we'd never done a UK tour outside of Northern Ireland we'd never come to London, we'd never come to Mm -hmm. Edinburgh outside of the festival and stuff so we were planning on using the Edinburgh Fringe this year as our sort of showcase to say look we've had the TV show now we want to come to the rest of the UK obviously Covid's put a a pin in that but we would love to organize once everything opens up again a full uh uk and an international tour that that would be the, the goal for us with this show it's great that you see the tv show as as a way to do more with the stage show rather than to kill it off because that's always a worry i think isn't it oh uh, yeah definitely but i love doing the show i love acting i love standing on stage and telling everyone how brilliant my mom is i love <laughs> lapping about like a buck each and vomiting to the sound of edith pf and telling everyone how hilarious my friends from school are like if i could do it every day for the rest of my life i would so yeah you know i just want to keep doing this show and hopefully uh people keep wanting to watch it yeah and and uh, do you think oshin your are your performing days behind you for sure uh behind me i don't even i don't know actually that's a good question um yeah i don't know i suppose if if a role ever came up that i felt that i could do that i wouldn't say no to it but uh certainly getting stuck into the directing and the writing at the moment so never say never i guess 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's a it's a, a bit of a hack question in a sense because people there's an assumption that if you direct, then you must at some point have performed and maybe you're frustrated or something, and that's not always the case at all. No, I get you, yeah, but no, I think um, certainly I'm very comfortable being off stage, and certainly when I've been working in film as well, it's it's being behind the camera. Um, but maybe that says something about me. I don't like attention or something. Don't know. <laughs> That's fine. I think we're we're kind of the mad ones for wanting attention. Don't you think? <laughs> Probably. So, any other? Uh, have you had any tips for the rest of the festival? Anything you fancy seeing that's still to come? I definitely want to see. I hear Shah, who's doing a piece on Shedinburgh. I'll definitely be checking that out. And yeah. also the Tim Crouch. Tim Crouch. Show. My arm. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, Tim Crouch. That. Yeah, because you've got a, a strong connection there. Oh yeah, I'm obsessed with Tim Crouch. I think he's incredible. Like everything he's done. Do you think has he been an inspiration to you in terms of being a solo performer? Then oh, 100 percent. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Like, um, I was said the first thing me and Ashi never did together that wasn't a piece of student theatre at university was um, "I Bank Bull" by Tim Crouch, and uh, that kind of if we hadn't have done that with that was Ashi directing me and me acting. There's no way my left not would exist as a as a one person show with Ashi directing and me acting. It just wouldn't, you know. So Mm. we have. yeah massive thanks to tim crouch for putting us on this path well that's great because that gives people a tip as well of you know if, if they liked your show then they should definitely see tim crouch oh i mean people should just see tim crouch anyway whether they of like our show yeah. or not <laughs> <laughs> that's great well listen boys thank you very much for talking to me no worries thanks for thank chatting you. to us and i'll say i'll say congratulations on the show despite the fact that i have not seen it yet although by the time people hear this interview they'll have seen it and so will i so it's very confusing <laughs> But well done. <laughs> Thank you. Cheers, bro. Thanks. There you go. Like I say, great show. I hope you got a chance to catch it. Um, if you didn't, or even if you did, remember that on BBC Three through the iPlayer, you can see my left nut. It's a three-part series that was adapted for BBC Three. So I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. Um, and I just wish the boys the best of luck. I mean, great success they've had with the piece. And no wonder, you know, it's great writing, really strong performing. You know, what's not to love? It's great stuff. So I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I hope you'll now start to book for everything that's coming up. Remember, tonight at 7.30pm, it's Lucy Paul and Co. with Immigrant Jam. And then go to shedinburgh.com to find out what else is on for the rest of the couple of weeks, but also to get tickets for tonight and other shows. So that's shedinburgh.com. And that's where the tickets are. Now, if you want to support this podcast, other than tweeting about it and sharing it, which I hope that you will do, and giving us likes and subscribes and star ratings and reviews, what I would like you to do is I would like you to dip into your wee pocket and see if you've got a few quid spare and go to puttingittogethercast.com and click on the yellow donate button. Become a patron of this podcast for as little as a couple of quid. Uh, You can do that monthly for me or you can do a one-off, whatever suits you. That keeps this podcast coming and it lets me get a bit of payment for my work. We've been going for over two and a half years now, coming on three years uh, completely for free um, and I produce it all myself. So I'm trying to make it part of my income and you can help with that. Remember, puttingittogethercast.com and click on the yellow donate button. That's all you need to do and I would really appreciate it. Thanks, by the way, to everyone who's already doing that and who's listening continuously, who's sharing and telling people about the show. It does make a massive difference, so please keep doing that. So remember, shedinburgh.com for all the information on the upcoming shows. Tonight, 7.30, Lucy Pole, Immigrant Jam, and so much more after that. It's a very exciting time. 
Thanks to everyone who made this show possible and to everyone who's performed so far, and particularly to you who've bought tickets and tuned in. That's what it's all about. So thanks very much. Until tomorrow at the same time, I bring you a brand new episode. I'll just say what I always say. Cheerio now. <laughs>